Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to the Padres Postgame Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of the game with highlights, player interviews, and we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Jay Stingler. Plus, an update on the scores from around baseball, final comments from the radio booth, and of course, your phone calls. You can call us at 833-288-0973. Catch it all here on the Padres Radio Network. Oh, the Padres. They were so close yet again to taking another game from the Dodgers. This one, very winnable game for the Padres. They had the tying run at least on third base uh, in the last three innings. So another game where they leave some runners in scoring position in big moments, but... There is so much to talk about tonight. I don't want to, you know, downplay what has happened in the game and especially what Fernando Tatis Jr. did in the game. We'll get to that in one second. We're also waiting for Padres manager Jace Tingler to sit down with the media and do his post-game press conference. As soon as he does that, we will take you right to what he is saying. And if you have any uh, questions or if you have any comments about the game tonight or what you've seen in the last couple days, please do give us a call, 833 288 0973. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres post game show on 97.3 The Fan. If uh, you have any thoughts about Jay Stingler taking Blake Snell out of the game early, give us a call. If you have any thoughts about Fernando Tatis and how he's caught back on fire, give us a call. 833-288-0973. There have been six games between the Padres and the Dodgers in this young 2021 season so far. And in in one way or another, all of them have been awesome games. Tonight was no different, and we need to just stop everything right now and acknowledge that Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm going to say it, he's officially broken out of his slump. He had two home runs last night against Clayton Kershaw, and what did he do tonight to follow up? He had two home runs against Trevor Bauer and another wrinkle of the Trevor Bauer home runs that he hit. He took a bunch of great shots at Trevor Bauer and I uh, loved every minute of it, but I I can keep saying it because it's true. If you don't think this, these games mean anything to these guys this early in the season, then you are are wrong. And I hate to say that you're wrong, but these guys are playing like it's October. Uh, The Padres lose to the Dodgers five to four. Bauer gets the win and moves to three and O on the year. Pierce Johnson takes the loss for the Padres and Kenley Jansen gets his fifth save of the year. Now let's go back to the Fernando Tatis Jr. home runs real quick. And after he hit his first home run to lead off the game, he uh, put his hand while he was going around first base. He put his hand over his eye. And if you if you remember, 
Trevor Bauer in spring training pitched with one eye against the Padres and made a big deal about it and made a big old joke about it. So Fernando, he went around first base, turned around in the dugout, the Padres dugout, put his hand over his eye. Everybody had a good laugh about it. Then in the sec- with his second home run he hit in the night, which I heard Tony Gwynn Jr. say on the broadcast, he didn't even know how it was possible to hit the ball as far as he did from where the ball was thrown. It was a slider off the plate. And it was a slider outside that was taken into the seats in in left center. So this time, uh, when Fernando Tatis Jr. crossed home plate, uh, he did the Conor McGregor strut that Bauer loves to do. You know when Bauer strikes out a guy and he's walking off the mound and he does the the shoulder shimmy kind of walk, like the confident walk? Well, Fernando Tatis Jr. crossed home plate and did that right in Trevor Bauer's face. And you know what? i got to give it to Trevor Bauer. He was he's able to handle it. He didn't get upset or anything like that, and you think that he would get upset, uh, but he didn't. He did, and um, I loved every minute of what I saw from Fernando Tatis Jr. This is just creating a bigger bigger rivalry going forward. All right, I I know that Jace Tingler is sitting down right now. If you want to give us a call, eight three three two eight eight zero nine seven three. But before we go any further in the Padres post game show, let's hear from Padres manager Jace Tingler. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from the manager, Jace Tingler. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food. 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource. Just what do you think of Blake Snell's outing tonight? Um, I thought he was, uh, you know, solid early. Um, uh, I thought his fastball change up curveball were there. I don't think he had command of a slider until later in the game. I thought... Uh, when able, when able, he was to get uh, the the slider kind of in the strike zone, out of the strike zone, strikes out of the hand. Um, uh, I thought that's when you know he was most effective. Um, I think he battled and, and uh, you know he put us in a position to, to to win the game. He did his job against a really tough lineup. So uh, overall, I thought it was you know very positive for him and and uh, certainly one I think that 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 he can get some momentum. Um, and get rolling. It seemed like he was sharper in the first couple of innings, and then the command sort of got away from him in the, in the third, and he, and he fought it the rest of the way. Is it, is it sort of a mechanical thing with him? We've seen some of these spurts before where the, the, the pitch count starts going up on him. He's a big-time field guy, and, and uh, I think in two of those innings, it may have been the third and the fourth, I think we got the, the first two outs. And then, uh, you know, there, there, there was some traffic, and, and so he was having to make some, you know, stressful pitches there in the, the, the third, the fourth. We got the big uh, uh, pickoff there with uh, Bauer at the plate, and, and uh, he picked the Haas, and we were able to, uh, to get out of there. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, to your point, you know, if he lost a little bit of feel uh, there, uh, that's when, you know, a couple of those pitches started to add up. And, you know, the, he did a great job of minimizing damage. And, um, you know, he pitched out of out of some traffic. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him about it, but that roller in the fourth inning, is that one that he believed was going to stop before it went foul? Just a misread? What what happened there? You know, we haven't I, I haven't talked to him yet. I think he just, you know, got caught up in the moment and thinking about making a play. It looked like it was, you know, going to going to roll foul. And, um, you know, that's uh, you know, that that that's a tough one there. But uh those things happen in, you know, big moments and, and uh, you know, that's something we got to be a little bit better at, you know, on, on the decision. Uh, but, uh, you know, overall, he did a great job tonight. Obviously another amazing night for Fernando with the two home runs, but specifically the second home run, it looked off speed pitch. It looked like he was a little bit off front, 
had to reach for it a little bit, you know, didn't keep both hands on the, the bat. It, I guess the point is a pretty good sign. I would think that it doesn't have to be a fastball inside that he keeps both hands on the bat. He can still get to the pitch away and the strength is still amazing, even with the shoulder issues that he had. Yeah, it's it's super encouraging to see right now. And, and uh, you know, we know he's not going to, you know, finish two hands all the time. Sometimes he's going to ride out an off-speed pitch. Uh, we're just hoping to avoid kind of the, 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 the wild, um, kind of violent high finish. And uh, he's done a great job of, of, of just slowing down and being in control of his swing and his body. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, Jace, who was down in the bullpen today? As in who was unavailable? Um, uh, we, we were going to avoid uh, Palm tonight. That, that, that's one for sure. Um, and, you know, we, we got some guys hanging down there, no doubt. Uh, but um, we had some guys that were uh, available to pitch if needed. But uh, uh, I think, you know, most importantly, we we're trying to get uh, Palm uh, down tonight. I know it didn't work out, but given what you just explained, how big what Northcraft did in his first game here in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, it was it, it was huge, and I think he the, the the first two guys got on, and then he he settled in. I think he found his sinker. I think it it, it started to bottom out there, and uh, he was able to to you know get some swing and miss, and get 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 some ground balls, and uh, that was huge for us. And uh, you know, not being able to to tax the bullpen tonight, you know, in a, in, in a tight game. Uh, he, uh, he certainly saved our bacon. That was Padres manager Jace Tingler speaking with the media after the game. Now, uh, there has been a ton of chatter on Twitter about Blake Snell and whether or not it was the right move for them to take him out of the game. Well, I saw Ben Higgins tweet earlier uh, on, and of course Ben's going to make sense because – he said it's it's fair to criticize the move, but Snell was going to have to uh, have he was going to have a high pitch count or have a pitch count. I'm sorry, all through April, and so that's maybe why they took him out and all that stuff. But Ben Higgins making sense once again. All right, I want to go out to the phone lines real quick before we go to break. We have Carlos in San Marcos. Carlos, you're on the Padres post game show. What's up? Hey guys, first time, long time. Uh... Yeah, I mean, Snell, obviously love his interviews, great clubhouse guy, but are we a little concerned on how he hasn't really gone too late into the games? I know they pulled him a little premature a couple times, but are we a little concerned how long he's uh, stayed in the games at this point? I would say based on what I just said now with Ben Higgins uh, saying that they had talked about a pitch count throughout all of spring training and through all of April, I would say no, but if – he he makes two three more starts and he's not getting through a sixth inning. Then I think that there's something maybe there, but I don't think that I don't think it should be concerning because Blake Snell is doing what he needs to do, and it's early in the year. He'll be fine. But uh, what? So Carlos, you're thinking that uh, you're a little concerned so far that he hasn't been able to hit six innings this year? Yeah, just a bit. I mean. With his history, I know the Rays they have a different system over there, but. I don't know. I mean, not that I haven't liked what I've seen, but he does seem to labor, not on a frictatic level when stuff starts to happen in the games, but I would like to see a little more elongated games, like what Darvish has done, what Musgrove has done, and again, it might be a pitch count thing, but 
I want to see guys go deep in the game, especially to eat up some innings and help our bullpen out. They've been labored so far in the year. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Carlos. Thank you for calling the Padres postgame show. I will say you're, you're on to something with uh, how he can get – Blake Snell, that is. He can get two outs real quick, and then he's not able to get – that third out for the rest of the inning, which it kind of is uh, giving him a little bit of trouble. I know when he was in Pittsburgh pitching against the Pirates, he didn't even make it out of the first inning because he got the two outs real quick, and then he could not get that third out. So there is a little bit of something there that I've seen a few times this year of him struggling to get that third out. So I'm not really sure what contributes to that. But as of right now, if as long as he's not leaving the game, within an inning or two innings or something like that. I think five and a third tonight in this sort of game in April is okay. But, yes, I agree with Carlos. I think that I want to see him go late in the game uh, going forward because you Darvish has already shown he can handle himself. I mean, Joe Musgrove has already shown he can go deep into a game. Blake Snell, though, I, I know that he's capable of going deep into a game, but he hasn't been able to do it. And so I said that on the pregame show, maybe – there, there is some chatter. Kevin Cash of the Rays, the manager, knows something that people don't know about Blake Snell and going into the sixth inning. So something to keep an eye on, and we'll talk about it this week on Gwyn and Chris and whether or not we think that there's something there. But thank you for the phone call, Carlos. If you have anything to say tonight on the Padres postgame show, please give us a call, 833-288-0973. You can also tweet me, at Matt Scraby or at 97.3thefansd. When we come back, we're going to go through all of the highlights, and there was a lot that happened in the game tonight. And then we're going to also going to talk with Coach John Katera about what he thought maybe we'll get his thoughts on Blake Snell and how deep he's going into the game. So all of that is up ahead. I am Matt Scraby. Padres lose to the Dodgers 5-4 to four in the third game of this four-game series. So the Padres still lead the series 2-1. to one. They'll go tomorrow on Sunday Night Baseball. But... As of right now, we're talking about the 5-4 to four loss to the Dodgers, and we'll be back here shortly on 97.3 The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Let's listen back to the most exciting plays from today's game with our game highlights presented by EcoWater SoCal. What's in your water? Find out online at EcoWaterSoCal.com and schedule your free water test today. That's EcoWaterSoCal.com. Matt Scraby back with you here on the Padres post game show 97.3. The fan Padres lose to the Dodgers 5-4 tonight. Fernando Tatis Jr., though, you'll see in these highlights, he is doing some good things right now, and he's finally turned it around so we can stop being worried about him. All right, let's see if I can keep all these straight because there was a lot that happened, and uh, let's just start out. You know, I asked Jesse Agler before the game why Jace Tingler likes Fernando Tatis Jr. in the leadoff spot, and I think this is why. Hitting two home runs at Dodger Stadium on the anniversary of his dad's two Grand Slam game. And guess what? This one in the air. Deep to left field. Pollock at the wall. It's going to go. A leadoff home run for Fernando. And Tatis hits his third home run of the series. Padres jump in front one to nothing right off the bat. Second pitch of the night and a leadoff homer. And like I said in the open, while rounding first, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. covered one of his eyes, throwing shade at Trevor Bauer for his one-eyed thing from spring training. It was the second pitch of the game, as Jesse just said. Tatis Jr.'s third home run in 24 hours, his fifth on the year, and a one nothing lead for the Padres in the top of the first inning. And uh, I saw this stat on Twitter. That was Fernando Tatis Jr.'s ninth career leadoff home run, and that leaves him with one behind Will Venable for the most leadoff home runs in team history. Um, Over the next 14 years, I have a feeling we're probably going to get a couple more leadoff home runs, so that record is going to fall very soon. But that did anger Trevor Bauer, and he struck out Trent Grisham and Manny Machado. Blake Snell cruises through the bottom of the first, needed only 10 pitches to retire the Dodgers 1-2-3. To lead off the top of the second, Will Myers battled Trevor Bauer for 13 pitches and finally singled into center field. Jake Cronenworth strikes out Dodgers or strikes out, but Dodgers catcher Will Smith he dropped a foul ball and was charged with an error that allowed Will Myers to steal second. Then Jerickson Profar came up to bat and helped bring his friend home. 2-2 pitch, lifted into center field. Peters coming in, won't get there. Another base hit to center. Myers rounding third, going to try and score. Here comes the throw, up the line, not in time. And an RBI single by Profar puts the Padres in front 2-0 in the second. And as you heard, Jesse Padres, 2 to nothing after one and a half innings. In the bottom of the second, Blake Snell allowed a single to Will Smith to start the inning, but got the next three guys out and finished the second inning strong. Trevor Bauer strikes out Fernando Tatis Jr. and Trent Grisham, then forces Manny Machado to ground out. So nothing going on for the Padres in the top of the third. In the bottom of the third, it started with two straight strikeouts for Blake Snell, then Mookie Betts singled, Corey Singer singled. Then the potential pest of the game, Justin Turner, did this. Runners will go on three and two. Snell ready. Here's the pitch to Turner, and that is lined in the left field, a base hit. Betts will score. On his way to third is Seeger. The throw comes into third, not in time. RBI single Justin Turner. A two-to-one Padre lead now, and three straight two-out singles against Blake Snell. You know, for a bunch of uh, fans who don't really care about a meaningless game in April, they were pretty loud when Justin Turner uh, did that. So you could say that the the Dodgers fans may be a little bit more into it than they're leading on. Seager was on third, Turner on first, Will Smith was up to bat with a full count and two outs, and Blake Snell needed a strike. I have to make a big 3-2 pitch here, though. Turner will run from third, uh, first base. Seager leads at third. Three and two to Will Smith. Here it is. And a curveball outside. Corner strike three called. Snell got one there. His third strikeout of the inning. 
And the Padres get out of the jam in this third inning. I'll admit, that was a ball. And it should have been bases loaded, but it wasn't. And the Padres kept the lead 2-1. to one. Trevor Bauer, though, once again took no time to retire the Padres. And they were 3-up, three 3-down. Three then things got weird in the bottom of the fourth inning. Snell was on the mound. He gave up a single to A.J. Pollock. Max Muncy walks on four straight pitches, so there's runners on first and second. And here's the weird part. Caratini throws the Manny Machado, and he just flat out drops it. So Pollock steals third, and Muncy moves to second on the air. Sheldon Noisy singled because of a weird decision by Blake Snell to pick up a ball that was clearly going foul. That allows Pollock to score and tie up the game at two. And while Trevor Bauer was hitting, Snell tried to pick off Noisy, and they ended up getting him out at second base on a big-time base running air. So big break for the Padres. Bauer then grounded out to third, and that ended that weird inning. Trevor Bauer, though, he once again took care of business, getting Profar, Caratini, and Blake Snell out for an easy inning. Blake Snell saw five batters in the bottom of the fifth. He struck out Mookie Betts, got Corey Seager to fly out, walked Justin Turner. Will Smith doubled down the left field line, which was the first extra base hit for the Dodgers on the night. But Justin Turner could only get to third. So with runners on first and third, Blake Snell struck out A.J. Pollock, swinging with a nasty 87-mile-per-hour slider on the inside part of the plate and it was to the top of the six we went fernando tatis jr leads off and i'll let jesse agler tell you what happened here it is from bauer and reach four hit in the air to left center field well struck again peter's going back again at the wall gonna go yes sir fernando with his second of the night off of bauer got him in the first he gets him in the sixth and the padres back in front three to two one eye two eye doesn't matter this kid is special Excuse me as I st- stutter around third base on the home run try. <laughs> That's what Fernando does. I, I I need to look up why he does that, but I, I'm sure there's a reason. There's got to be a reason. Someone has to have asked him by this point, so I'll, I'll look that up and try to see if I can fight it tonight. But that's the first time in his career he's had back-to-back multi-home run games. So he had two home runs last night off of Clayton Kershaw, two home runs tonight off Trevor Bauer. Think about what he did, though. That is pretty awesome. Two Cy Young Award winners that he took deep twice in two nights. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., he is the first player with consecutive multi-homer games as a visitor at Dodger Stadium since Barry Bonds on April 2nd and 3rd, 2002. So he's joining another club. Uh, Moving on in the game, Blake Snell gets Max Muncy to ground out, and that was it for him in the game. He departed with a win on the line. Snell went five and a third, allowed seven hits, two earned runs, walked two, and struck out seven on 87 pitches. Pierce Johnson replaced Blake Snell and gave up a single to Noisy. Not real sure why they made this move, but Blake Snell wasn't really as sharp as he had been, but uh, it is what it is. Chris Taylor pinch hit for DJ Peters, and he singled runners on first and second. Matt Beattie pinch hit for Trevor Bate, or Trevor for Trevor Bauer, and he singled to left. Bases were loaded with Mookie Betts at the plate, and Pierce Johnson didn't have his best stuff. He ended up doing this. And the 3-1 pitch to Betts is a fastball outside ball four. The game is tied. A bases loaded walk to Mookie Betts, and we are 3-3 in the sixth. And so 3-3 three to three was the score. Uh, Tim Hill replaced Pierce Johnson, and there was a, a double play that went down, so they got out of the inning. He got Justin Turner to strike out for the second out, and then he forced Will Smith to ground out to the to end the bottom of the sixth inning, but the damage was done. The jo- Dodgers led 5-3. to three. Top of the seventh started with the Dodgers pitcher Victor Gonzalez replacing Trevor Bauer. Jake Cronenworth walked. Profar struck out. Caratini singled to the left center. Jason Tingler then had Tommy Pham pitch hit for Tim Hill while Blake Trinan replaced Gonzalez. 
Tommy Pham with a good at-bat. Singles to right, and the bases were loaded. By the way, that's four straight games with a hit for Tommy Pham. For all you Tommy Pham haters out there. Fernando Tatis Jr. came up to the plate, and the Padres got another run. However... He uh, ended up striking out, and so did Trent Grisham. Grisham was close to – his pitch was close to being a ball, but I think it may have been a make-good Blake Snell pitch earlier. Now, the Padres went with new pitcher Aaron Northcraft, or Northcraft, who was making his Major League debut after years and years in the minor leagues. He got himself into trouble by allowing a single to A.J. Pollock, and Matt Muncy then walked. Luke Rayleigh pinch hit and struck out. Then Northcraft got a double play and got out of the inning. A wild pitch then made it 5-4 to four Dodgers, so the Padres come within one, but the Padres couldn't score anymore. Trent Grisham was the final chance for the Padres, and here's what happened. Jansen set, an outside target from Smith. The pitch is swung on and missed, strike three. Fastball at 95 miles an hour, and Kenley Jansen gets it done, a four-out save. As good as Trent Grisham has been since he came back from the injured list, uh, tonight was not one of those nights. He struck out four times, and uh, I believe that's the golden sombrero for all of you out there. If you strike out four times in a game, you get the golden sombrero. It's not really a golden thing, anyway. So the Dodgers beat the Padres 5-4, to four, and now the um, series is split 3-3. Three, three. So... Things are going very well for both teams here in this series. They're battling back and forth. And with that, we are now going to be joined by Coach John Quintera. He watched the game tonight. Coach, how are you doing? What uh, what were you seeing tonight with Blake Snell? Well, I thought Blake uh, Snell at times pitched very well tonight in this game. I didn't think he had a real good slider tonight, unfortunately, uh, too many pitches. And, you know, you can argue whether or not Jay Stangler should have let him stay in there and try to finish the sixth inning. You got Max Muncy on a ground out for the first out and decided to go to the bullpen, and obviously that didn't work out. Pierce Johnson couldn't throw strikes tonight. They ended up walking in a run, giving up three runs, never recorded an out. Tim Hill comes in and, of course, gives up the two-run single to Corey Seager, who had two hits tonight. Uh, but, again, you know, we can sit here and say, well, Jace pulled him too early. Uh, the bottom line, Blake Snell's got to attack the strike zone a little bit more. Too many pitches for uh, where he was at in the ball game. And, you know, Tingler's down there. And there's been times this year, Matt, where I've questioned Jay's taking guys out. I mean, I'm a believer. you got to push those starting pitchers a little bit. And I don't want to hear about pitch counts. I the hitters normally decide when a pitcher should be done for the night, okay? It's not normally a pitch count. Uh, if those guys are swinging the bat, getting good swings, that's when you got to get, get them out of there. I thought he could have stayed with him tonight, but in fairness to Jace, he's down there, he's uh, watching, he's talking to the catcher, and he felt it was time to go, and unfortunately it didn't work out tonight. Yeah, it didn't work out tonight. Blake Snell still searching for his first win as a Padre, and, and Twitter was very uh, – they, they were questioning the move, obviously, because of what you just said. But is there any concern to you that Blake Snell hasn't been able to go six innings since 2019? I said that on the pregame show. It's been since July something, 2019, since he's logged at least six innings. I mean, he's done the five-inning thing, the five and two-thirds, but not six. Is there anything behind that? Well, I'll tell you what. I think Blake Snell could learn a lot by watching Ryan Weathers. I mean, mm. here's a kid 21 years of age that's fearless. He's not afraid. He goes out there. He challenged hitters. I think Blake Snell's got some of the best stuff in, in baseball. And he he may be the best left-hander in baseball. You know, only time's going to tell this year. But right now, 
He hasn't pitched to the level that I think he's capable of. I think he's got to be more aggressive. I think he's got to be more aggressive in the strike zone and not try to get guys to swing and miss. He needs to go and attack guys, get them out in, in two and three and four pitches rather than seven and eight pitches and drive that pitch count up. I mean, your goal as a pitcher when you go out there, and very seldom do guys do this. I know Kershaw last night almost had like a, a perfect inning of uh, striking mm, out three guys inning, on yeah. nine pitches. He ended up, uh, you know, having ten pitches. But when you go out there every inning, your goal should be, or at least it used to be with a lot of pitchers, to throw between 12 and 15 pitches per inning and get the heck off the mound. Now you're seeing guys go 20, 23, 25. Well, if you have an early inning where you're going 23 or 25 pitches, I got news for you. You're not going to be around probably past the fifth inning. So you better figure it out. You better attack hitters. Go at him. Uh, he's got good enough stuff. He may give up a solo home run here and there. Don't walk, guys, but attack hitters. And uh, you give up a solo home run, more times than not, that's not going to beat you. I think a lot of it's a mindset. I think those pitchers are also going out there thinking, well, I'm on a pitch count. And they're, they're kind of looking, and then that, that puts a little more pressure on them. But, you know, Blake Snell's a much better pitcher, in my opinion, that we've seen so far this year. And, uh, you know, tonight uh, I think it's easy for a lot of us, including yours truly, to criticize Jay Stingler. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna put this a little more on Blake Snell tonight. Uh, uh, okay. And you know, it didn't pan out. The manager looks like a dummy when it doesn't pan out. <laughs> but you know, he wasn't throwing the ball for Pierce Johnson either. Pierce Johnson, I don't think has looked all that good since he's come off the IL. But that's a whole other issue. But as far as Blake Snell, I'd like to see him be a little bit more aggressive, go at these hitters, and try to get them out earlier in the count. Yeah, so uh, Blake Snell, I, I like what you're saying, Coach. You're putting it on Blake Snell. He's a professional. He's a major league pitcher. He should be able to – he knows what he's what is expected of him, and he knows when he gets to what he needs to do. But let's talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. Four <laughs> home runs in the last two nights. Fans are rejoicing. The slump calls are over. What are you, what are you thinking about Fernando Tatis Jr. in these last couple games? Uh, what I'm thinking is I'm uh, thinking that he's doing what I think all of us thought uh, he's capable of doing. I'm just hoping that shoulder can hold out. I, I was disappointed in him making that error late in the ball game tonight. Yeah. Uh, but when Fernando goes well, the Padres are going to be in a lot of ball games. When he doesn't play well or he's out of the lineup, they seem to struggle. Whether it's uh, uh, the extra energy he brings to the table, but that's something they need to get over. Because there are going to be days where he may not be able to play. If that shoulder is barking, they got to give him a day or two off. And let's hope that doesn't happen very often. I'd hope that it wouldn't happen at all because I want to see him play, you know, a ton of baseball. Uh, but, you know, I look at that lineup tonight, Maddie, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a rough night for Trent Grisham. I heard you talk over for Oof. five with four punch-outs. Yeah. Manny Machado did not have a, a good he night tonight. Three, he, he dropped three the fly ball too. as well. Huh? Uh, he had three strikeouts, Manny Machado. Yeah, he punched out. I mean, the Padres punched out a total of 15 times tonight. And you're not going to win too many ball games. Now, you know, the other night, uh, actually the day game, I think it was, they struck out uh, 13 times against the Brew Crew, and they struck out the Brew Crew 17 times. But, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, the Padres early, when they were playing Arizona, you know, they were striking out seven or eight times. Now they're starting to play some guys that can pitch a little bit. And that offense starting to, those strikeouts are starting to mount. But, hey, nonetheless, Padres have taken the first two out of three. And the way I'm looking at it right now, tomorrow night's game seven. They're three and three right now <laughs> so far. Game seven tomorrow night. And, of course, we'll have it for you right here on 97.3 The Fan. How about that? I love it. 
it's Sunday night baseball. It's going to be Joe <laughs> Musgrove. It's going to be uh, uh, Dustin May. It's going to be some good stuff. Uh, anything else, Coach, before we let you go? Well, I, I, I am a little concerned about the Padre bullpen, and I want to congratulate uh, Aaron Northcraft yes, on making do. his major league debut. Hell of an effort tonight. Uh, that kid, uh, when you look at him, and I've known a little bit about him. I know one of the guys that has worked with him up in the Los Angeles area. He actually came out of Modern Day High School in Santa Ana, that baseball factory up there. Football and, factory, and too. Was, this kid, yeah, absolutely. This kid was drafted in the 10th round back, by the Atlanta Braves in 2009. He's had some injuries. Uh, major League debut tonight, two innings, one hit, a walk, two strikeouts. Did a really, really nice uh, job. But the thing that I wanted to bring up, and I wanted to give Norcraft uh, uh, and his uh, family a little plug on the radio there. That's that's a good job to, to break in the big leagues. Um, but Drew Pomerantz, see, mm, if yeah. Pomerantz was able to go back-to-back, now he, he's not right. I mean, there, there's no telling you know, what that shoulder's doing right now. But they don't want to pitch him on back-to-back nights because I have no doubt he'd have been the guy tonight going against Corey Seager rather than Tim Hill. Tim Hill has done, a, overall, a pretty good job. Uh, he's been used quite a bit lately. And you'll recall last week in that extra inning game, he gave up that home run uh, to Seager leading off that inning uh, to give the Dodgers the lead, what, in the 12th inning, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And he gave up the two-run single tonight. I really believe if Pomerantz would have been available and he wasn't available tonight, he'd have been the guy going after uh, Seager rather than Tim Hill. So that that's a problem right now. Not having another good, solid left-hander who can bring heat. I mean, that's where a guy like Jose Castillo could have really helped this ball club. And maybe, just maybe, nobody's even talking about Matt Strom. Matt Strom ought to be back at some point in time. I haven't heard anything word one about him in the last month. You know, I think uh, back maybe two weeks ago they said he was moved to the 60-day IL. So that's, that's the last thing I heard about Matt Strom is that it doesn't sound like he's close. Yeah, so, hey, you know what? Uh, the boys are, are playing good ball. I mean, when you play a team like the Dodgers, as tough as the Padres have played in the last three days, you've taken two out of three. You come out, you lay it on the line, you empty the tank in that bullpen tomorrow night, by the way, because not only do you have an off day on Monday, you've got another off day on Thursday. So let it all hang out tomorrow night on national television and on the on 97.3 The Fan. And let's talk about three out of on Monday when I hit the airwaves. I love it, Coach. I'm fired up. I'm ready to watch some baseball tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll t- I'll be talking to you on Monday. I will be looking forward to that, and let's hope the Padres can find a way to get out of L.A. with those three out of four. And game seven tomorrow night. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Coach. Have a great night. All righty, Matty. That was Coach John Quintera breaking it down. You can uh, find him from noon to three weekdays, uh, Monday through Friday here on 97.3 The Fan. He uh, has his show with Braden Soprano, and they talk all about the Padres, and they're going to be talking all about this series come Monday for the off day for the Padres. All right, we have um, – uh, we. You, if you want to give us a call, you can, 833-288-0973. I have a bunch of tweets that I've been sent here while we've been uh, talking with Coach and doing the highlights and all that. So I'm going to read some of those tweets when we get back, and then we are also going to hear uh, our play of the game. But we're going to, I believe, hear from Blake Snell uh, from his post-game press conference. So that's all coming up next on the Padres post-game show. I'm Matt Scraby, and this is 97.3 The Fan. This is Austin Miller from the San Diego Padres. The 2021 Padres play here, 97.3 The Fan. I'm so random. I uh, Right before we're about to go back on, I'm 
looking at the TV and I'm like, hey, Brian, look at all those cool plants in the bullpen. Just really stupid. Things that I notice. Things that I notice. This is Matt Scraby. I'm back with you here on the Padres postgame show, 97.3 The Fan. Dodgers beat the Padres 5-4 to tonight. Trevor Bauer gets the win. Pierce Johnson takes a loss. And Kenley Jansen gets his fifth save of the season. Fernando Tatis Jr. goes deep twice. And Blake Snell is still looking for his first win as a Padre. If you have anything you want to say, you can give us a call, 833-288-0973, or you can tweet me, at Matt Scraby. I've got a couple tweets here from uh, Padres fans. Uh, at Schmick21 said, at Matt Scraby, Snell struggled a bit, but uh, was working through it. I get pulling him for season longevity, but the Dodgers haven't done that yet. They have brought the A-team with no restrictions. No rivalry, though, and I think that they are drawing attention to the fact that the Dodgers fans did not think there was a rivalry last week, but all of a sudden there is. So, you know, that's uh, what they're doing with their team up there. They're putting their A-team in, according to at Schmick21. Sean S., Sean Stevenson said, I believe the Padres had a lot of opportunities to win this game today. It's a bummer that we lost, but I think we'll bounce back tomorrow and win the ball game and beat the Dodgers and take the series before we play the D-backs. Sean is very positive all the time, and I like that, Sean. You always are looking at the uh, the best outcome for the upcoming games with the Padres. Thank you for tweeting at us, Sean. Uh, we have at Katie. I'm going to butcher your name, Katie. I'm really sorry. Uh, Grexic. Uh, that's, that's probably totally wrong, and I apologize for that. But uh, if you let me know, I'll pronounce it right next time. Uh, you were you tweeted me saying great things from Tatis tonight. Hosmer was two for four, but Manny, Jake, and Trent struggled at the plate tonight. That was rough. You said also we saw good things from Snell. I was bummed Tingler took him out, but the bullpen should be able to deal with the bottom of the lineup. All very good points. Uh, we go back to at pods underscore old fart fan, which I love some of these names. Uh, they they tweeted me and they said, I'm glad we only have one more game against the Dodgers until June. My heart can't take more. I think there was a lot of people feeling that way. At uh, Wall- Wallace Nick 619 he said, tough loss, great game. Good to hear the bats of those who struggled are coming around. Teams positioned good. I'm excited for every single game. I am too. I am excited for every single game. The uh, Padres have now split the series so far with the Dodgers. Six games in. Three wins apiece. So those are some of the uh, tweets out there that you all are uh, thinking about. All the different uh, storylines from the game. You can tweet me at Matt Scraby. M-A-T-T-S-K-R-A-B as in boy Y. Until we get some more of those tweets, we're going to have to go with some of our other segments. And we need to figure out who we're going to announce. Anoint is the word I was looking for as uh, the play of the game. What was the turning point in today's game? Let's take a listen to the bold play of the game presented by Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade. Bold, public, packed with lemonade flavor. Here it is from Bauer and reach four, hit in the air to left center field. Well struck again. Peters going back again at the wall. Gonna go. Yes, sir. Fernando with his second of the night off of Bauer. Got him in the first, he gets him in the sixth, and the Padres back in front, three to two. One eye, two eye, doesn't matter. <laughs> this kid is special. Excuse me as I st- stutter around third base on the home run trot. I'm still looking. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to find it tonight. I don't think while we're doing this post game show, but I will find it eventually, and I will let people know 
what I find about that. That was the play of the game for Nando Tatis Jr.'s second home run off of Trevor Bauer in the sixth inning. The reason it was play of the game is because Tony Gwynn Jr. was talking about the plate appearance after the fact, and he said that uh, that pitch is pretty much impossible to hit out of the ballpark. Even Trevor Bauer kind of like rolled his eyes like, really? I put that pitch in a perfect spot, and Fernando hit it out. It was a slider off the plate. He reached for it, and it went out to left center. So uh, Tatis Jr. showing the I guess uh, he's showing that his shoulder is feeling good. I just got a text from one of my friends, and they were saying, you know, I love Fernando Tatis Jr., but he needs to start hitting in higher leverage situations. And I I can agree with that. You know, when, when there was uh, late in the game, when there were chances for the Padres to score, they had runners on second or they had runners on third, they had runners in scoring position, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't come up with anything when he came up to the plate. And, you know, he's not going to hit a home run every single time. But I, I believe this was a complaint about Will Myers years ago, is that Will Myers used to hit solo shots. I mean, he would finish the season with 20, 25 home runs, but he would end up hitting about 17 solo shots in, in blowout games where the Padres are trailing by 10 runs. So it didn't really matter. Um, Fernando's going to be fine. We all know that. We saw it tonight. But... You, you need to keep an eye on that and, and keep an eye on him hitting with uh, runners in scoring position in high leverage situations. They had a chance, the Padres, that is, three times tonight to uh, either tie the game or take the lead, and they could not do it. So even though that they had won the last two games and they won convincingly, there are still some of those different uh, problems with the offense that we saw early in the year, and it's coming back to haunt them in some of these games. So they're going to have to figure that out. Uh, again, there's like a hundred and I don't know, 30 something more games left. And I think they will be okay. Blake Snell was the talk of the night. He was looking for his first win as a Padre. He did not get it. He went five and one third innings or five and a third innings, uh, gave up seven hits, two and walked two, struck out seven on 87 pitches. And he was interviewed after the game by the media. And here's what he said. Let's take you inside the clubhouse and find out what the Padres have to say after today's game on the Padres Radio Network. Uh, we're going to start with Bob. This is Blake Snow. Here we go. Bob, what you got? Blake, thanks for inviting me to go first. I appreciate it. Uh, looked like you came out sharp today, and then it got a little tougher for you as the game went on, but you were able to keep fighting and battle through it. Overall, your, your assessment of the outing tonight. Yeah, um, I felt like... Yeah, I was really efficient to start. And then the, I was really upset with the walks. Um, they're just pretty bad walks. Like the, I think one was a four pitch, just not even close. And then that was to Muncie. So I was pretty upset about that. Um, overall, though, I was happier with the start because of the efficiency. Um, I was happy with, you know, the way I attacked uh, the zone, except against Mookie. Uh, doubling up change-ups to him. It all depends how I get there, but what I did in that sequence, um, I didn't like it. So I was pretty upset about that sequence. Um, overall, though, I mean, they just found holes. I mean, I was making good pitches. They, it's not like it was line drive after line drive. Uh, I made a lot of good pitches. They just were able to find holes, and that's part of the reason why they were able to get uh, the runs they got. Um, but yeah, I feel like I got stronger, uh, as the game went on, honestly, um, Velo was higher. I felt more comfortable 
um, with certain pitches. So, um, yeah, but again, I got to kind of go through the game, the video, watch, learn, see what I like, don't like. But um, with the adjustments that I made from the first time I faced them to uh, tonight, I'm happy with um, a lot of things that I adjusted uh, throughout the starts. So I'm um, happy with that, but definitely a lot of work left to be done. Last time you'd mentioned something mechanically about your front shoulder and not feeling 100% comfortable with how you were using that. Did you feel better with that tonight, or is that something that you're, you're still working on? Yeah, I feel a lot better. Um, it was something that I, you know, I, I worked on the, the last, what, six days that I had in between starts. So um, I was able to work on it, be pretty focused on it, and I felt like the ball came out uh, with a lot more life today than it did uh, the last start. So I was happy with that. But again, I, I got to watch video. I got to see. Um, it's kind of crazy. Some starts I remember everything. Some starts I don't remember a whole lot. So um, being able to watch the video and, and really break it down, uh, I'll be able to learn a lot more. I'm just curious, when it's going well, does that affect your velocity and command more? Or when it's not, what, what sort of goes out? How does it reveal itself when it's not going well? Uh, I don't really, I don't know. I never really look at it as it's not going well. I feel like it's always going well. It's just my in control of what's happening. Um, I always feel good. I always have good stuff. I always have options on how to attack hitters. So a lot of it is just where was I mentally? Why did I, like when I throw a box, was I 100% locked in? Was I 100% convinced that was the pitch I wanted to throw? Stuff like that. Um, my body language can tell, I mean, it could tell me a lot because obviously I know myself and I know how I think. So uh, I can see a lot more than what anyone else can see. <laughs> I don't really know what that meant, but <laughs> Blake Snell, you can always count on Blake Snell to give you some interesting answers to say the least slash fun answers. And I appreciate him being so upfront and honest with everyone. Uh, I'm, I'm someone who admits too much all the time, who just has a, you know, doesn't have a filter. And Blake Snell is an, a, another person who's not afraid to tell you uh, what he's thinking, good or bad. And I have to appreciate that. And I have to respect that a lot. So Blake Snell does not get the win. He, You heard it. He wasn't happy with his walks. He's going to have to get that better. Coach said it earlier. This one is on Blake Snell. Blake Snell is going to be the first guy to tell you that this is on him. He's going to take the mound every single time, and he's going to tell you after the game if he doesn't win that it was his fault that they didn't win. And that's the kind of pitcher that you want on your team, I think, at least. I mean, I would I would find that very cool if I was a teammate. And even though maybe Pierce Johnson gave up the game, Blake Snell puts it on him. That's a good move. Good teammate move right there. The Dodgers, they beat the Padres 5-4 to four tonight. The Padres are now 12-11 and 11 on the year. Pa the Dodgers are now 15-6 and six on the year. Trevor Bauer moves to 3-0 and 0 on the season with the win. Pierce Johnson takes the loss, goes 0-1. Kenley Jansen with his fifth save of the season. If you have anything you want to say, call us, 833-288-0973, or you can tweet us or tweet me, at Matt Scraby. But for right now, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we are going to uh, check in with all those scores around Major League Baseball, and we're going to choose our player of the game. So all of that is ahead. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres Post Game Show on 97.3 The Fan. This is the National Man for San Diego Padres. You listen to San Diego Padres Baseball on the Padres Radio Network. 
Just for the record, that is my favorite rejoin out of all of them. That Denelson Lamette rejoin. And uh, we're going to hopefully see Denelson Lamette here in the next couple weeks when he gets off the injured list. And hopefully there's no problems with his elbow and his throwing arm, all that good stuff. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. Padres lose to the Dodgers 5-4. to four. They still lead this series at least two games to one. The final game tomorrow night, Sunday night baseball, first pitch at 4.08 p.m. Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Padres and Dustin May on the mound for the Dodgers. I wanted to read some tweets real quick from uh, Trevor Bauer, some of the reporters who jumped in on his Zoom call to see what he had to say about Fernando Tatis Jr. taking him deep twice as well as doing the one-eyed salute slash the uh, the McGregor strut across the plate. And according to at Bill Plunkett OCR, he says that uh, Trevor Bauer said, quote, I'm all for it. I think it's important for the game to move in that direction instead of throwing at guys for showing emotion. Um, that's I love that. I love that sentiment by Trevor Bauer. He, he gets it if that's really truly how he feels. AJ Casavell tweeting uh, about uh, what Bauer said about his uh, home run, home runs, he said, quote, it's just fun when you know you're facing a guy like that. He's doing his stuff. He's having fun on the mound. And when you get him, you get him and you celebrate, too. So another positive quote from Trevor Bauer. And then Annie Halbrun, who joined us this week on Gwen and Chris, she also tweeted out some reactions from Trevor Bauer on the Tatis Jr. home run celebrations. He said, we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com happened he got me at home so probably payback time it's just fun when you know you're facing a guy like that he's having fun and uh you sell you get him and you celebrate too so all positive stuff out of trevor bauer tonight did not take offense to what fernando tatis jr did and i'm really happy to hear that because if there's anyone who should be able to take their own medicine it is trevor bauer because if he's gonna pound his chest and mcgregor strut off the mound then you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. can do his one-eyed thing as well. So that that's all fun and good. Now, let's check in and find out who we are choosing for the player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's take a look at the player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. San Diego's favorite casino and dining. Hitting two home runs at Dodger Stadium on the anniversary of his dad's two grand slam game. And guess what? This one in the air. Deep to left field. Pollock at the wall. It's going to go. A leadoff home run for Fernando. And Tatis hits his third home run of the series. Padres jump in front one to nothing right off the bat. Second pitch of the night. And a leadoff homer. And our player of the game, Fernando Tatis Jr., two home runs. He went two for five tonight with two RBIs, two solo shots. He struck out twice, but uh, he did end up getting to the Dodgers first. I got to admit, I walked out of the room for a second just to grab some water, do some things before I sat down and settled in, and I came back. 
Fernando already had a home run, and I broke my rule. I never leave the room when Fernando's up to bat. I never do, and I did this time, and he made me pay for it. So I'm gladly going to pay for it. But Fernando Tatis Jr., at least for tonight, is uh, the player of the game, and he has four home runs in the last two nights. So seems like he's kind of finding his way at the plate a little bit, and all of the panic can just go away. I think we play it on the show on Gwen and Chris when Aaron Rodgers said, relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Okay, enough of me doing spelling things on the radio. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. Let's find out what happened tonight in baseball. Time to check the scores around the big leagues with the out-of-town scoreboard on the Padres radio network. Tampa Bay broke an eighth-inning tie when Toronto third baseman Kevin Biggio let a grounder go between his legs, and the Rays went on to beat the Blue Jays of Florida 5-3 tonight. Jordan Romano, reinstated from the 10-day injured list before the game, walked Brandon Lau and Mike Brousseau to start the eighth, and then uh, old friend alert Manny Margot hit a grounder that got past Biggio for Biggio for the air, allowing Lau to score and put the Rays ahead 4-3. Brousseau was thrown out at the plate on shortstop Bo Bichette's relay from left fielder Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Margot advanced to third on the play and then later scored on Kevin Kiermeyer's grounder. So Tampa Bay takes down the Blue Jays 5-3. to three. This one was a heavyweight matchup of all heavyweight matchups in the pitching world. Garrett Cole in the Yankees was one pitch better than Shane Bieber in a heavyweight matchup of aces as Rugned Odor and Aaron Hicks homered off Cleveland Cy Young winner in the fifth inning, giving the Yankees a 2-1 to one win over the Indians tonight. Cole is now 3-1. He struck out 11 and allowed just three hits in seven innings to beat uh, Bieber, who is now 2-2, two and two, in a rematch of their meeting in last year's playoffs. Cole's 50 strikeouts in his first five starts are the most for any pitcher in the Yankees' storied history. If you're going to set records as a Yankee, you're doing something very well because the Yankees have so many good players in their history and so many seemingly unbreakable records. Shane Bieber, he struck out nine the first time he hasn't reached double digits in five starts, and he tied Hall of Famer Randy Johnson's record with his 17th straight start of at least eight strikeouts. And get this, Shane Bieber is only 25 years old. I didn't realize that. I thought he was much older than that. He's been at the major league level for a while, dominating. So 25-year-old right-hander allowed just three hits, but two of them are homers, and he threw a career-high 119 pitches. So the Yankees beat the Indians 2-1. to The Angels were routed 16-2 to by the Houston Astros today, and it came after a surprising relief pitcher made his major league debut. Kent Emanuel had just sat down in the bullpen and was preparing to enjoy a cup of coffee during the first inning on Saturday. And he said uh, after the game, quote, all of a sudden they were like, hey, you better start loosening up. I was like, all right, here we go. After toiling in the minors for seven long season, the Astros pitcher was thrown into the major his major league debut at just a moment's notice. Now get this. He worked eight and two-thirds innings in relief. Saving Houston's bullpen after Jake Odorizzi left early with an injury. I believe he was only five pitches in before he had to leave that game. The Astros routed the, the Angels again, 16-2. But I don't think I've ever heard of a relief appearance that lasted eight and two-thirds innings. It's ridiculous. Uh, Emmanuel said he's been expecting this moment for quite some time, so he was ready. He allowed five hits and two runs. Uh, he became the fourth pitcher in the modern era to have a relief outing of eight and two-thirds innings of, or more in his debut. 
according to stats. Joining Fred Smith in 1907, Maury Kent in 1912, and John Montefusco in 1974. So I'm surprised even three of those guys have done that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dusty Baker said after the game, sometimes it's better that a young man in his first outing doesn't have time to sleep on it or think about it. You just go out there and give him the ball. So he gets his uh, his uh, debut out of the way, and the Astros win 16-2. to Jed Lowry hit a three-run home run, and the Oakland A's won their 13th straight game, building a big lead early and beating the Baltimore Orioles 7-2 on a pretty rainy Saturday night. This is the third longest winning streak in Oakland history. The A's won 14 straight in 1988, and then they set an American League record with 20 consecutive victories in 2002. Cleveland broke that mark with 22 straight wins in 2017. Um, and this current A's string is the longest in the majors since that long Indians run. The A's, they lost their first six games of the season, and they have, but they have now won 13 straight, and they've outscored opponents 83-36 to 36 during their winning streak. So A's are rolling. Joe, Ro- Joe Ross rebounded from the worst outing of his career by pitching six solid innings and helping himself in the RBI single as the Nationals beat the New York Mets 7-1 to today. Ross allowed five hits and one walk while striking out four. He gave up ten runs in four and a third innings against uh, the Cardinals on Monday. Michael Conforto homered for the Mets in the fourth. New York, they threatened after Conforto's shot off the right field foul pole, but after giving up infield singles to J.D. Davis and Jeff McNeil, Ross came back from a 3-1 count and got James Buchan to line out. The Mets, uh, they just got one runner into scoring position against Ross and the trio of relievers, and Marcus Stroman takes the loss. Now, I tuned into this game because of Marcus Stroman, and I got to say, he's a, he's a Trevor Bauer-esque guy. He's uh, he, he makes news when he gets on the mound. He makes his start. And today, when I was watching, he got into a fight with the umpire during his warm-up pitches. I mean, not really a fight. They were just jawing back and forth and everything like that. But when Marcus Stroman is starting, tune in because something cool and crazy is going to happen. Pinch hitter Manny Pena connected for a tie-breaking two-run homer in the seventh inning, and the Brewers held off the Cubs for a 4-3 victory today. Brent Suter pitched two scoreless innings in relief of Freddie Peralta, helping Milwaukee to its fourth win in five games. Josh Hader got three outs uh, for his fourth save in four opportunities, working around a leadoff walk. Keston Hira had three hits. He's trying to break out of his slump. And Colton Wong, who came off the IL, finished with two hits as the Brewers... Uh, won the game 4-3. to three. Cubs manager David Ross, he was ejected by plate umpire Corey Bla- Blazer in the ninth following a one- strike one call on Jake Marisnik with a runner on first and none out. Marisnik then struck out on three pitches, so Brewers went 4-3. to three. John Gant earned his first victory as a starter since 2018 by throwing six strong innings, and the Cardinals sent the Reds to their sixth straight loss, 2 to nothing today. Andrew Kneisner... I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He was subbing for injured catcher Yadier Molina and Nolan Arenado. They both drove in a run. Dylan Carlson added three singles as St. Louis won a series for just a second time this season. After waiting out a rain delay of two hours and 20 minutes before throwing his first pitch, Gant allowed just three hits. The Reds now have lost for the eighth time in two uh, in ten games. Wade Miley gave up two runs on five hits in six innings and moves to two and two. Michael Perez had three hits and three RBIs, uh, helping Trevor Cahill and the Pittsburgh Pirates beat the Twins tonight. Cahill, he permitted one run and two hits in six innings, and he retired the Twins in order in five of his innings. 
Uh, Minnesota lost for the 10th time in 12 games, so they are really having a tough time right now. Kyle Seeger singled, doubled, and tripled. Sam Haggerty and Ty France also had three hits apiece. And Chris Flexen limited Boston in the Red Sox to four hits over seven innings on Saturday to lead the Mariners to an 8-2 victory over the Red Sox. So the Mariners, surprise team right now. Uh, Brady Singer took the mound in the bottom of the first and struck out the side. Singer, who pitches uh, for the Royals, they he went seven impressive innings, and they ended up beating the Tigers in a 2-1 to victory earlier today. Game was the fastest in the major leagues so far this year. Two hours and ten minutes for a nine-inning contest. So that is pretty awesome if you were someone who was uh, watching that game. Two hours and ten minutes. You get to watch some baseball and go on with your day. The Diamondbacks were in Atlanta to take on the Braves. That was postponed due to rain, so they're going to make that up in a doubleheader tomorrow. And uh, Phil- the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Colorado Rockies tonight 7-5. to the White Sox beat the Rangers 2-1, to one, and the Miami Marlins were in San Francisco. They beat the Giants 5-2. to two. So that is everything that happened on a busy Saturday night in Major League Baseball. Okay, we're coming to the end of the show, but we know that we have to tally up those long balls, so let's do that right now. Which Padre went deep tonight? Let's take a look at the Padres' home run tally. Brought to you by the Gomez Firm on the Padres Radio Network. Hitting two home runs at Dodger Stadium on the anniversary of his dad's two Grand Slam game. And guess what? This one in the air. Deep to left field. Pollock at the wall. It's going to go. A leadoff home run for Fernando. And Tatis hits his third home run of the series. Padres jump in front one to nothing right off the bat. Second pitch of the night. And a leadoff homer. Here it is from Bauer, and reach four, hit in the air to left center field, well struck again. Peters going back again, at the wall, gonna go! Yes, sir! Fernando with his second of the night off of Bauer. Got him in the first, he gets him in the sixth, and the Padres back in front, three to two. One eye, two eye, doesn't matter. Fernando Tatis Jr. hitting four home runs in the past two days against the Dodgers. Those two tonight, though, solo shots, they bring the home run tally for the Padres up to 23 home runs on the season. So things are getting uh, into place with Fernando Tatis Jr. It's making everyone happy. I'm Matt Scraby. This is the Padres postgame show on 97.3 The Fan. The Dodgers beat the Padres 5-4 to tonight. To move to 15 and 6 on the year, the Padres fall to 12 and 11. We have one more break to go in the post game show, and we are going to preview tomorrow night's game. We're also going to tell you who our relief pitcher of the game is. That's all next on the Padres post game show on 97.3 The Fan. Which pitcher came in and slammed the door shut? Let's find out who's the relief pitcher of the game in partnership with the San Diego Food Bank. Providing relief for tens of thousands of families affected by COVID-19. Become a donor or volunteer today at sandiegofoodbank.org. Matt Scraby back with you here on the Padres Post Game Show, 97.3 The Fan. And the relief pitcher of the game tonight is going to be none other than the Major League debut from Aaron Northcraft. It was his first Major League appearance after being drafted into uh, Major League Baseball back in 2009. It's taken that long for him to make his Major League debut, and he wasted none of it because he went two full innings. He only gave up a hit. He walked one, and he struck out two. Very impressed with Aaron Northcraft t- tonight. He came into a, a tight game, and he was able to not give up any runs, and that has to feel good. I mean... 
there's got to be a million times in his professional baseball career that he thought about hanging up the cleats and he didn't and it all paid off tonight so very cool for Aaron Northcraft and very cool for Padres fans to know that they have another relief pitcher that they can kind of count on we'll see him and what he has to do in the next uh, couple weeks and see where he goes for the rest of the season so Aaron Northcraft Northcraft I keep saying that I, I can't say it Northcraft it's a cool name hard for me to say but he's our relief pitcher of the game Okay, that is all for today's game. The Dodgers beat the Padres 5-4. to The Padres moved to 12-11 and on the year. The Dodgers moved to 15-6. and Trevor Bauer moves to 3-0 and on uh, the, the season after the win tonight. Pierce Johnson takes the loss. He moves to 0-1. Kenley Jansen gets the save, and it's his fifth of the year. Trevor Bauer struck out nine, went six innings, had five hits, Gave up two earned runs and two home runs, both two uh, solo shots of Fernando Tatis Jr. Blake Snell went five and a third, seven hits, two earned runs, walked two, struck out seven on 87 pitches. Bauer, he had 103 pitches and 72 of them for strikes. So I Bauer is proving once again that he is worth the money that the Dodgers paid him. The uh, time of the game was long. Three hours and 53 minutes, 15,596 people watched the game at Dodger Stadium, and it was a chilly 61 degrees, is what this is telling me. Um, what else do I need to say from this game? Oh, yeah, the Padres with uh, runners in scoring position tonight. They were two for seven, and Grisham left three, Profar left two. Uh, just not good, not good. Will Myers, though, here, here's a positive point. Will Myers stole three bases tonight. So Will Myers, make, he has four on the season. He uh, t- stole second base off of Trevor Bauer, and then he stole second base off of uh, Alexander, and then his third steal was off Kenley Jansen. So good for Will Myers tonight. But that's it for the Padres. They are going to be taking on the Dodgers for one final game before they go on a big hiatus b- before they meet each other again in late June. They are not going to see each other for a while. So tomorrow is going to be the game that everybody is going to remember until they meet up again. They are going to be on Sunday night baseball. So the first pitch is at 4.08 p.m. tomorrow. Not something that Padres fans are used to watching a game so late in the day, but it's going to be pretty awesome. Everybody is going to be watching. Everybody is going to be listening to the game tomorrow. It's going to be hometown hero Joe Musgrove with his 2-2 record and a 1.04 ERA coming off 13 strikeouts against the Brewers earlier this week. He's taking on Dustin May of the Dodgers, who has a 1-1 record with a 2.93 ERA. So a great matchup tomorrow night. And it should be a great game to see. And Coach called it earlier. Game 7. Series is tied right now. 3-3. So let's see if the Padres can take the regular season Game 7 series tomorrow night on Sunday Night Baseball. Thanks to everyone who contributed tonight to the post-game show. Thanks to everyone who... uh, her thanks to Carlos who gave us a call earlier. Thank you to Brian Cohen who ran the board and was my right hand man tonight. Thank you to Dave Marcus who is the on site engineer. Thanks to Tony Gwynn Jr., Jesse Agler. Thanks to Adam Klug. Who else can I thank? I guess I can thank Fernando Tatis Jr. I think I can uh, thank uh, Blake Snell for giving a great interview after the game, and I can thank Aaron Northcraft for doing what he did as well as having a tough last name for me to pronounce. So. Thank you for that, Aaron Northcraft. That will be it for tonight. I'm Matt Scraby. 
Dodgers beat the Padres 5-4 to tomorrow. Pre-game, 3.08 p.m. First pitch, 4.08 p.m. Have a great night, everyone. Be safe on 97.3 The Fan.